0: Hallelujah. What an honor to be here with you. Amen. Before before I get started, um, while we were in praise and worship, the Spirit of the Lord began to deal with me and I just want to share this with you. He began to speak to me so I quickly typed it down. But the theme is abide. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord gave me. He said there is a place where you can abide and ride far above every principality and every power and every dominion that will arise in this hour. So abide in my presence, abide in my love, and I will rain down power, revelation, and wisdom from above, and you will be strengthened and you will be enlightened and you will be encouraged and you will be full of joy and peace forevermore. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a place called abide. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk about that tonight. Amen. So are y'all ready to respond? Hallelujah. Boy, we got a good looking group here. Amen. Well, let me pray before we get started. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you for your spirit living on the inside of us. Thank you for your spirit leading and guiding us into all truth and telling us of things to come. Father, give to us tonight a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And Father, we say that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, and we will know the hope of your calling. We will know the rich inheritance that we have as saints. We will know the exceeding greatness of your power that's in and for us as believers. And I thank you, Father, that you'll confirm it with signs one and wonders following. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles tonight to John chapter 15, please. John chapter 15. Amen. You're going to get a lot this camp. Amen. This is just the beginning and we're starting off good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The theme is what? The theme is abide. So tonight we're going to talk about what does it mean to abide. I think it's important that we start off talking about what it means to abide because the things that you're getting ready to receive, In order for you to receive the fullness of them, you're going to have to abide in them. You're going to have to stay with it. You're going to have to be diligent. Amen? You're going to have to be focused. And you can do that. You can do that. That is not a difficult thing to do because we're going to teach you. But it's important that we understand what does it mean to abide because you're going to get answers here. You're going to get understanding here. You're going to get clarity here. You're going to get wisdom here. You're going to find out things that God wants you to know, and you're going to learn that God is not hiding anything from you. He's not keeping anything from you, and he wants you to know it, and he wants to show you, and he wants to make himself real to you. But it's going to take you making a decision to abide. Do you understand me? It's going to take you. No one else can make this decision for you. You're going to have to make this decision, and you can. You always have a choice. Always. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I don't care about your background. I don't care about where you come from. Not making light of it. But you, you must know this. You always have a choice to follow God. Always. Amen? You're in John chapter 15? Amen. Let's pick it up in verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Here it is. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit. Say much fruit. fruit. The same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Without me you can do nothing. But look at it this way. But with him you can do the impossible. Without him, you could do nothing, but with him, you can do the impossible. If you'll abide in him, amen? Now, let's talk about this word abide. We need to define it. When you look up the word abide in the Greek dictionary, it makes references to three things. Number one, a place. Number two, a time. And number three, a condition. When when you look up that word abide, it makes reference to three things. A place, a time, and a condition. We're going to talk about those three tonight. So when I talk about abiding, these things, you need to remain in a place, you need to use your time wisely, and you need to monitor the condition. Amen? So let's talk about this place. What is this place? Amen? Amen? Let's look at Matthew chapter 11, the first place. You want to take your position in the body of Christ because you're in him. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Take your position in the body of Christ. The first position is a position of learning, being a good student. Amen. You know, when you come to church, you come to learn things. Did you know that? If you want to be entertained, you go watch a movie or something, a good one. But when you come to church, you come to learn. Now, learning can be entertaining. Learning can be encouraging. Learning can be fun. But it's only fun when you get the right information that changes your life. It's not fun learning something that doesn't change my life. To me, that's frustrating because that's a waste of my time. Amen? But that first position in the body of Christ is a position of a student. You know what that means? That means you sit somewhere and you listen and you let someone teach you something that knows more than you do. Let me show you. And, and listen, if you will, if you'll do this, it'll be light and easy for you. I don't care what challenge arises, it'll be light and easy for you if you'll remain in this place. You're in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and what? Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is what? And my burden is what? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But look at this. You have an open invitation. To come and learn from Jesus. And Jesus is an easy teacher. Listen to what he said. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You ever had a hard teacher? You didn't like to go to that class, did you? They made stuff difficult, didn't they? Jesus makes everything easy to learn. Jesus is not a difficult person to learn from. When you go through the Bible, he used everyday examples to, to convey a spiritual truth to people. That's why he talked about seed time and harvest. That's why he talked about vines and branches. That's why he talked about mountains and trees. Why? Because it relates to people. Amen? Amen. So take your position in the body of Christ. Now let me give you a modern day parable to help you. Because he says, I am the vine. You are the what? Branches. The the vine feeds the branch so that fruit can grow on that branch. So that that branch can be productive. But let me help you out today. Taking your position would be just like answering a friend request from Jesus on Facebook. You know, when you're on Facebook and you logged in, you got to take your position, right? Get online. And then Jesus see you online and say, and send you a friend request. Mm. I got a a scripture for that. Revelations chapter 3 verse 20 says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah, Yeah. Jesus knocking on Facebook. He's sending you a friend request. Amen. And so what you have to do, you don't do do like people you don't want to be friends with. Just hit a decline, yeah. (laughs) Don't decline it. Because, see, when you decline him, you're missing out on information that makes life light and easy. Amen. Notice I said life and easy. I didn't say it was free of challenges. It makes the challenges light and easy. Amen. So he sends you a friend request. And, see, you have to to click like. That's receiving salvation. Amen. Then once you're a friend with him, you get a news feed. Amen. Why? Because you're connected to him. See the Holy Ghost gives you the news feed. And then when he gives you that news that news feed that's revelation. John 16:13 said he got us in all truth. And he'll tell us of things to come. And he'll take the things of Jesus and show them to us and he will glorify Jesus to us. See that's your news feed. Amen. And see once you get that now what he wants you to do is now put him on your wall. Share the post. Huh? He give you the news feed. When it's something good you see on Facebook that's funny or or encouraging or informing, what do you do? You share it with who? Share it with your friends. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all need to do some Facebook sharing for Jesus. Huh? See, when you get that news feed in your prayer time, when you get that news feed at church, you need to go to your friends that you're connected to and hit share amen and what, what's going to happen see then they'll like Jesus's page and follow him but if you don't share him with anyone no one will follow him and you're going to say Jesus out there with no friends on Facebook how you going to do Jesus like that huh that's that position amen amen So you have to keep those things posted. Now let me show you what's abiding on the inside of you when you receive Jesus. Go to 1 John chapter 2. See, we got to take our place in the body. When we receive Jesus, we come into his body. Our spirit man becomes born again, and now our spirit is alive to God. What does that mean? We now have the ability to communicate with God. That means we can talk to him, he can talk to us, he understands us, and we understand him. Amen. Listen to what he said in Matthew 11 My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come and learn of me. Nothing. Do y'all know what a yoke is? Yes. It's like a harness that you put two animals in to pull a plow or pull some heavy weight. Both animals, say if you take an ox, they would normally take. A old ox and put him with a young ox so he could teach the young ox how to pull. Now, if the young ox would try to pull in a different direction from the old ox, the ox, the ox would pull him back this way. As long as he walked with the old ox, the old ox, it was light and easy. But when he tried to leave his place, things become difficult. Amen. And see, Jesus gives you a pastor. And see, you need to get in the yoke with your pastor. Give me a volunteer. Come up here. Come here. Mr. Bruce, come here. We got, my arm going to be the yoke, so don't think I'm putting you in the headlock right. on purpose, okay? So this is the yoke. I'm the pastor. He's the young ox. As long as he walk with me, he's fine. Pretty easy to do, ain't it? Pretty easy. Now go your own way. (laughs) You want to go to, you want, now we're going this way. You can't go that way. Now we're going to go this way. Now it's hard to go against me, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But see, when we don't want to follow what our pastor's teaching us, we're making things difficult. When we want to leave our pastor that has fed us, and trained us, and loved us, and gave us a news feed. We're making things difficult. You're leaving the yoke. I'm to show you in the scriptures. You're in First John chapter 1. Listen to this. I want to show you what's abiding in you. And then we're going to talk about this pastor some more because that's part of your news feed. Like Facebook? When we connect the to our pastor, we get a news feed because that's the order that God set in the church. He put a pastor over you to feed you with knowledge and understanding so you can increase, so you can be fruitful, so there's no fear, no lack, and no dismay because you're, you're, you're getting the news feed. Yeah. Amen? Amen? But 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 says, But the anointing which you received of him abideth where? In you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him, meaning Jesus, abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it had told you, ye shall abide in him. Amen? Now, some people look at it and say, well, I don't need anybody to teach you. No, he's talking about people that's trying to deceive you. You don't need them teaching you. And when your pastor's teaching you, that's the anointing teaching you. Right. That's the anointing that he has learned to be, he or she has learned to be skillful in. That's the anointing that rests upon them that stand in that office, and that's the anointing teaching you how to abide in him. Amen. Amen? To remain in that place. That's a place of safety. That's a place of wisdom. That's a place of understanding. That's a place of productivity. That's a place of increase. Why well, would you want to leave it? Amen? See, we're talking about how to abide. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. You know what? No, go to Matthew chapter 9. Connect to your man of God. That's how you abide. Connect to your pastor. And stay connected. Amen? Stay connected. You know how you stay connected? You keep the switch of faith on. You trust That the anointing that God put on your man and woman of God, they will teach and feed you from the word of God. You're expecting that. You're believing the best. You're staying open to receive. And you're acting on what you're being taught. Stay open to what your pastor's teaching you. Yes, it's going to challenge you. Yes, it's going to stretch you. Yes, it's going to challenge the way you think so that you can come up higher. Stay connected. Stay in your place. How many, you know, I have a little Bose Bluetooth speaker. Y'all ever seen those? Little Bose Bluetooth speaker? Amen. Y'all know about Bluetooth? They're pretty cool, aren't they? They're nice, aren't they? Pastor Victoria bought me one for Christmas. I really like it. Yeah, you know, it connects to my cell phone and my tablet. But what happens when you get too far away from your Bluetooth? What it do? Girl, you smart. It disconnects. When you get too far away from the Bluetooth, you can no longer get the signal that the object is sending. You're not getting the proper information. And see, your spirit has a Bluetooth in it. Yeah. To connect you to your man of God. And And when you're feeding on the word and you're praying for them and you're involved in the ministry of health and you're involved in church attendance, that signal stays strong. But when you don't abide in that place and you get too far away, you lose the Bluetooth connection. And now you're not getting the information that you need to make sound decisions that bring victory in your life. Because that's what gets you there. It's sound decisions from Holy Ghost information that you get. That's when the power comes. That's where the wisdom comes when you make a decision to receive what you've been taught and walk that out. There's no other way to get it to manifest. You have to act on what you're receiving. It keeps the connection strong. Look at Matthew 9 verse 35. I want to show you something. Jesus wants you to have a pastor. And not just any old pastor. Amen? You know, let's go back to the Facebook example. When you get somebody new on Facebook, what do you do? You go look at their what? You go look at their friends, don't you? And see who else connected to them. Amen? You know Jesus, it's a false say they pass it, but they ain't on Jesus friend list on Facebook. You do know that, don't you? You don't need to connect to them. Because the scripture says in Romans 10, 15, how can they preach unless they be sent? See, I got a scripture for it. I got about three more in my back pocket I learned from my pastor. Amen? Amen. So go to Matthew 9 and let me show you this. He wants you to have a pastor. I didn't understand this. I didn't understand this when I was younger, how important it was to have a pastor in my life. That God assigned to my life. It's vital. There's nothing more important than your local church. Because that's the place where God assigned you to be fed and nourished and cared for and washed over. So you can be productive. So you can bear much fruit. Matthew 9, I want you to read this with me in verse 35. And I'm going to show you something. It's very interesting. I'm going to show you how much Jesus thinks about us having a pastor. You ready? Verse 35. And Jesus went about all, all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they were scattered abroad As sheep having no shepherd. That Greek word is the same word we use for pastor. But I want you to see something here. Jesus is healing the sick. Wouldn't you say he has compassion for them? But the Scriptures doesn't mention his compassion until he sees them scattered. Having no shepherd. It's a greater level of compassion. Jesus does not, not only does he not want you sick, but he don't want you without a pastor. Because he don't want you scattered and fainting, giving up, caving in, and quitting. That's not who you are in Christ. But without a shepherd, you'll give up. You'll cave in. You'll quit because you'll be scattered. And God doesn't want you scattered. Listen to what else he does. He says to the disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I think those laborers are twofold. People that know Jesus and shepherds after his own heart. Because how else they going to get in the church unless y'all preach the gospel to them? So we need both laborers. We need the sheep going out and getting sheep, and we need pastors after God's own heart. Amen? So you can be fed. So stay connected to your man of God. Amen? That's your place in the body of Christ. Where you're connected, that's where the anointing, the love, the wisdom, it flows to you when you're in your place. Amen? Amen? You know if I took my hand and disconnected it from the end of my wrist, it would no longer be useful. Because no blood can get to it. You know why it's important to have the blood get to it? Because the blood carries the nutrients. It gives life to my hand. If I cut the blood off, even though my brain wants to make the hand move, it can't. And see, when people don't go to church, it's like cutting off the hand spiritually. Because what the blood produces is not getting to you because you're not, you're not on the news feed. That's right. That's good. Amen? Yeah. Well, let's talk about this second thing, what it means to abide. It's talking about time, which means to continue, to endure. I want to address your time tonight. What are you doing with your time? How are you spending your time? Understand this, our faith in God gives us the victory. 1 John 5, 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith, who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? You're a world overcomer. But the simple definition of the word faith means to trust. How are you going to trust somebody that you don't know? And how are you going to get to know someone without spending your time with them? Trying to get to know God in the middle of a battle, it's going to be hard to develop trust. What are you doing with your time before that? Because it takes time to develop these things. It takes time to get to know people. Amen? So you got to spend time with God. You got to spend time letting your pastor teach you about who God is. You got to spend time allowing your pastor to feed you the scriptures to give you a revelation of who Jesus is so that you can trust him because you don't trust people you don't know. And it takes time to get to know people. Amen? Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Listen to this. You got to make good use of your time. You know God has a plan for your life. And it's a good plan. It's a good life. But you have to spend time with him to discover that. Do you know that? Now, you're, you're living at home with mama. You don't have to pay any bills. For the most part, none of you do. You're not responsible for keeping the house up. You may have some chores. I hope you have some chores. But now is the best time for you to find out what God put in you to do. It's the best time. You can go home and pray in the Holy Ghost for five, six hours. What else you got to do? (laughs) Let me tell you something. And I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not discouraging you from this, but let me explain something to you. College is the worst place to try to find out what you're supposed to be doing. I'm not an ignorant man. I got three degrees. So I know what I'm talking about. The first degree I got, I spent money on it, and I shouldn't have even been doing it. They don't tell you this. I'm not against education. Believe me, there is no premium on ignorance. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're going to operate on me, I want you to have an MD. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want you working on me if you got an MD and you frustrated because you really want to do something else. I'll right. 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 give you a good statistics to show you what I'm talking about. Ask 10 adults that went to college I'm willing to bet you eight of them are doing something they didn't even go to college for. It's the worst place to find out what you're supposed to be doing because you can find too many other things in the process. Let me tell you what I tell my young people. Spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. Learning how to hear from God. And if that requires a degree, Go get it, but stay in your local church. It's plenty of technology and everything where you can learn everything you need to learn right in your local church. Stay there. You, You know what amazes me about people? That they will pick up and go move 500 miles away from home, don't know the people, don't know what they believe, Go sit in the campus and room with somebody. They don't know. They don't know if they're crazy. They don't know if they're rapists. <laughs> and then they'll go listen to somebody. They don't even know if they if they got a real degree or not. You do know, as people in college, teaching with fake degrees. You do know that, don't you? Yeah. I'm not trying to discourage you from college. What I'm trying to get you to do is listen to God. And people will go do that and spend five years of their life. And hundreds of thousands of dollars and won't drive 30 minutes across town to listen to a man of God that could give them what they need to change their life. And man, if I found somebody that can give me truth, let me know who I am in Jesus, and if God taught me to go, if I had to get across the country to do it, I'd do it. People doing it for everything else, why we can't do it for God? I'm not leaving my place. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen? I can tell you some story. I left my place one and it almost cost me. And I was so grateful that God connected me with somebody that loved me. Yeah. Yeah. That's another message for another day. But I'm here to tell you, I'm speaking from experience. Don't leave your pastor. Don't ever leave your pastor. Because it almost cost me my marriage. Almost cost me my home. I'm telling you, stay in your place. Make good use of your time. You in Ephesians chapter five, let me let, verse fifteen through nineteen. Let me read it to you from the Amplify. You got to make good use of your time. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless. But as wise, sensible, intelligent people making the very most of your time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand firmly, grasping what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Speak out to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments and making melody with all your heart to the Lord. Make good use of your time. Understand what God wants you to do, and he's not hiding anything from you. Go talk to your pastor. They will help you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said connect to your man of God. That's how you abide in that place. Amen. Well, let's talk about another thing real quick. Amen. Stay focused. When we're talking about using your time right and we're talking about enduring, stay focused. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58 and the amplifier says, But thanks be to God who give us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Boy, that's a mouthful. More than enough. Don't do stuff halfway. Don't do stuff half. Do you want a half done hamburger? Do you want half a paycheck when you don't work 40 hours a week? Man, you give me half a paycheck. I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness when I go home. Amen. 1 Corinthians 57 58. Yes, ma'am. 57 58. You're welcome. Don't do anything halfway. If you got married, do you want half a spouse? Then why would, why would you give God half? Why would you give God half? Why would you give God your leftovers? Why would you give God your hand-me-downs? Anybody ever get a hand-me-downs? I keep staying hand-me-downs, man. Don't give God your hand-me-downs. Give him your best. What if if God gave you half of Jesus? We're going to go to the cross, but we ain't going to get him up. That's good enough. What if he did that? Huh? Be focused. Always abounding, excelling, always seeking to do your best. challenge yourself. Don't be spiritually lazy. Quit waiting on your pastor to feed you everything. How about you come to church full? Yeah, full of the word. So much that the word is influencing you. Amen. Hey you know when I was in the world and we go to the club. I didn't go empty. No. <laughs> I got full of something. Yeah. Thank God I got delivered. Yeah. But why, why why did we go to the club full? Because we wanted to participate. Now I go to church full. I I drink spiritually before I go to church. Why? Because I plan on participating. Amen? Hallelujah. That's how you go to church. Always abounding. Amen? Now let's talk about this condition. Because we talked about our place. We need to remain in our place. That's abiding. We talked about our time. We talked about enduring. That's abiding. Now, let's talk about this condition. Amen? Amen? Listen, your manner of thinking influences your condition. Yes, sir. Yes. Let me tell you what it means when it, when this word speaks of condition and makes reference to it. It means to remain as one, not become another. To remain as one, not become another. When your thinking changes, you change. I learned that from my twin brother, Dr. Adderbach. He, no, he said the most profound statement, changed my life. You cannot change the way you live until you change the way you think. Right. Really Trying to change the way you live without changing the way you think is frustrating. Yes. I wish I'd have got that from him when I was in college. I'd have left a long time ago. <laughs> i like, this ain't going to change it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Let, me, let me show you how messed up my thinking was. Yes. My first degree, I got it in accounting. That means I'm supposed to know something about numbers, right? Right. And that means I'm supposed to know something about banking, right? Pastor Victoria's is my witness. I graduated from college with a degree in accounting, and I didn't even reconcile my checkbook. Mm. (laughs) No, I'm telling you the truth. And then I would call my mom and say, I swear they're stealing money from me. (laughs) See, and Listen. It wouldn't be fun if it wasn't so sad. No, here, I'm college educated. They taught me how to reconcile bank statements in class. But why didn't I reconcile it? It was not a lack of knowledge. It was not a lack of training. You know what it was? You want me to tell you what it is? Just plain old trifling. (laughs) Because why wouldn't you keep up with your money? Right. See, that's lazy. That's trifling, thinking I could keep up with it in my head. See, see, people don't understand this. It was my way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. I have knowledge to do something excellent, and I don't even apply it. Spent money to learn it. Yeah. Spent five years of my life to learn it. I was on a five-year plane. Yeah. And then get mad with the bank thinking they're stealing my money. <laughs> Even if they were stealing it, I couldn't prove it because I wasn't reconciling it. <laughs> what is that? That's a manner of thinking. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Let me show you what happens. When you, when you think indifferent about your church and about your pastor, you leave your place. You alienate yourself from the anointing. I'm going to show you in the scriptures. Your manner of thinking affects your condition. You in Ephesians chapter 4? Look at verse 17. We'll start reading there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. It says, This I say, therefore... And testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind or the uselessness of their mind. They're not using their mind properly. It's affecting the way they walk. Look at verse 18. Having the understanding what? Darken and then what? What else takes place? Uh-oh. Being alienated from what? The life of God through what? Through ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And ignorance does not mean stupid. It means you don't know. Now when you know that you don't know and you remain ignorant, then you're stupid. No, for real. Because once you recognize that you don't know, you're now responsible to know. That is no longer an excuse. You're responsible for finding out. What did Jesus say? Come to me and learn. It means pay attention. Learn something. Come to church and learn. Amen? Hallelujah. So when, when our understanding is darkened, when our way of thinking is darkened, we alienate ourselves from God because our thinking is jacked up. And the only thing that can correct that thinking is the truth, the light of the word of God. And you know what? Somebody had to be anointed to preach it to you. It takes an anointing to make it clear. Y'all understand it pretty good, what I'm saying, aren't you? It's not because I'm smart. It's the anointing. That's what it is. Isaiah chapter 11 says that anointing that was on Jesus, and make him a quick understanding in the first three verses. John 14, 26. John 16, 13 through 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. 1 John 2, 27. All makes references of the anointing teaching you something. So that means we need to be learning some stuff. That means with this kind of help abiding on the inside of us, there is no excuse for us being ignorant. I'm challenging you to come up because we need it. You were born for such a time as this. You are the generation that's going to take the light of the gospel all around the world with power. I got to get you to start thinking like Amen? Amen? You're not insignificant. Right. You're very important. That's, right. That's why Jesus shed his blood and died for you. Yes. And put his spirit on the inside of you. So you can know. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, let me give you this. Go to James chapter 3 and I'm almost done. James chapter 3. Notice I say your, th- your manner of thinking affects your condition And you know what else? Your manner of speaking affects your condition. Amen? Potty mouth equals potty life. Uh Uh-huh. Because you know stinking thinking leads to stinking talking, which leads to a stinking life because you make stinking decisions. If you want to change it, Get somewhere and let someone teach you so you can change the way you think, so you can change the way you talk and go in a different direction. Go to James chapter 3. Let me show you. See, I can remain in my place if I use my words right. If I use my words right. You ought to say, I ain't never leaving my man of God. Don't ever say never. Why not? You always say the negative stuff. You know something? And I'm not putting my dad down. I'm just showing you how people don't realize the power of their words. My dad used to always say, I'm so broke I can't pay attention. And he died broke. So broke we had to pay for his funeral. I'm not saying that to put him down. I'm saying when you believe, when you believe negatively in what you say and you speak it out, you keep it on your life. It's affecting your condition. Go to James chapter three. Look at verse two. James chapter three. Look at verse two. Hallelujah! God is so good. <laughs> Yeah, y'all gonna live different. Yeah, the devil is a lie. You know why he's a lie? Cause ain't no truth in it. He's just opening mouth, lie just fall out. And you know why that's important? Cause you don't have to believe a thing he say. Cause it's a lie. You, you got y'all. Y'all know y'all go to school with some folk that every time they mouth open, lie just fall out. Just be lying. Ain't that right, girl? Just be lying for nothing. You don't need to lie for period. So when he lied, you just look at him and laugh. Huh? You know, when my grandpa, he was so sweet. When you said something stupid, he wouldn't call you stupid. he just look at you and go, huh? That right there let everybody know in the room that grandpa thinks that what you just said is stupid. And when the devil try to tell you that you're not going to make it, he look at him and go, why? Because he's a liar. I don't listen to liars. They don't get my attention. Because I can't do nothing with a lie. He's the father of it. Now, with that being said, when you lie, you open the door for demonic influence. So that means you need to do things in truth and integrity. Well, Pastor Alvin, I didn't tell a lie. Let me help you out with this. When you purposely withhold information because it will influence the decision of another, you have just lied because you misrepresented something. And the Holy Ghost guides us into all what? So you can't operate in a lie and expect to abide in the place that God has for you. Because he don't guide into all lies. He guides into all truth. And it'll separate you from some folk. The wrong folk. They need to be You need to be separated from them anyway. Amen? Amen? Listen to this. Your words affect your condition. You in James chapter 3? Look at verse 2. For in many things we'll offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, he's able also to bridle the whole body. Which means to hold in check. The Amplified says he's able to curb his entire nature by saying the right words. That means you can keep yourself from doing the wrong things by putting the word of God in your mouth and saying it. Let me show you how it works. Look at verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may what? Obey. Obey us. And we do what? Turn about the whole body. Verse 4 says, Behold, the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, and yet are they turned about with a very small hand, whether the governor listed." So the bit that goes in the horse's mouth, the bit puts pressure on the tongue. So wherever the tongue goes, the body goes. So if you turn your tongue away from the wrong things, you can turn your whole body away from it. What's the bit that goes on your tongue? The word of God. So if you want to go in God's direction, you need to put that word pressure on your tongue. He says your tongue is like a rudder on the ship. Look at the example he gave of the ship. The winds are trying to drive the ship. The waves are trying to drive the ship. Those are outward circumstances. But he says the course of the ship, in spite of the pressure, is determined by the one on the inside, the man who's controlling the rudder. So although you may get outward pressure You can stay the course. You can abide in the course if the man on the inside of you will control the tongue. Amen. So my manner of thinking affects my condition and my manner of speaking affects my condition. Amen. Finally go to John chapter 15. If you're going to abide you need to be Spiritually tough. Don't you be no spiritual punk? Don't you be a spiritual wimp? Heaven's on the inside of you. The power of God's on the inside of you. God is dependent on you to be a light. Don't you, don't you punk out on me. Don't you give out on me because things are not popular. Amen. People are getting all upset about what what the new law they made. If you read your Bible, you know it's coming. Why are you getting bent out of shape? You know what my Bible says in Isaiah 61? Arise and shine. See, the rappers wasn't the first one talking about shining. I'm telling you, nobody can shine like Jesus. Jesus got his shine on. Listen, when you lay in the grave three days and they thought you they killed you, and you told them all the time you was walking the earth, y'all going to kill me, but I'm getting up in three days. And one dude was in the grave four days. He spoke to him, and he got out the grave. Oh, Lazarus, time about getting your shine on. Jesus told him, y'all going to kill me, but kill this temple. I'm going to raise it up in three days. He gets up, and then he walks the earth showing everybody, walking through doors and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's shine. (laughs) Amen? Amen. That's a bad dude. That's the glory that's on him. But Isaiah 61 says, Arise and shine, for the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And he talks about a gross darkness being on the earth. And the Gentiles, which is the heathen nations, people that don't know Jesus, coming to your light. So even though it's getting dark out here, our light is getting brighter and brighter. So now I ain't getting bent out of shape. I got the anointing on me. Amen. Can I give y'all a news flash? Everybody's not going to believe. So don't get bent out of shape about it. Your job is to preach the gospel and tell the truth and rightly divide it. It's their job to decide. So if some reject you, persecute you, don't take it personal. No, I'm serious. Cause somebody rejects y'all, y'all fold up like old cheap card table. <laughs> I don't want to preach no more. They hurt my feelings. I ain't telling nobody else about Jesus. They just cuss me out. <laughs> Let me show you. I want to encourage you. Because we need spiritually bold young men and women. Amen. 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 See, this is this the one thing I want. I don't care what you make a law for. Just don't stop me from preaching the gospel. Right. Give me just as much time to say what I believe as other folks say it yeah. there. Yeah. Mine's going to win out. Yeah. Just give me the flow. Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. And let's let them decide. Cause when I get through explaining this gospel so good to you, you're gonna be shining. You're gonna be shiny. That's right, baby girl. Give me some. Come on. She responded. I like see she responded. But you in John 15? So you don't get bent out of shape because the world be in the world. That's what they do. <laughs> you know what worldly people do? They cuss, they fornicate. They get high, they steal, they rob, they lie, they cheat. That's what they do. What you getting been out of shape for? You know Jesus can fix all of that. Get the sin of the Jesus, the sin problem is solved. That's what happened to you and I, wasn't it? See, you have to believe that what we have is better than what they have. But if you think they having more fun than you, Oh, shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> then you're not going to share anything. But what we have is far better. Peace, joy, get my knees met, get my body healed, and I get to live for eternity. Man, that, that's God. That's a good stuff. Second Peter chapter 1 says he gives us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. It's according to his... The knowledge of his divine power. If you have no knowledge of it, you're missing out on it. Just saying. So let me read John 15. I gotta let you go. John 15. Be spiritually tough if you're gonna remain in your place. If you're gonna abide in this place we're talking about. John 15, verse 18. Listen to this. Listen, y'all, y'all gonna always have some haters. And I'm not going to preach no sermon to you about how to handle your haters. They're going to be there. Don't get bent out of shape about it. Just remain focused. Amen? Amen. But listen to what he says. This is what Jesus told him. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. That don't mean we go out and purposefully irritate people. It just means when you're honestly sharing the gospel with someone and trying to help them and they hate you for being good, don't get bent out of shape about it. Because yeah. you know, when you want to do right for them, you say, Oh, you just try to be a good at two shoes. sure am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you see, you know what's a good comeback? If you're enjoying what you're doing, then why are you so upset because I'm doing right? Yeah. Oh, you don't want to mess with me. I get them in a the barbershop every Friday. <laughs> hey, you're a pastor. Can I ask you something? Sure. Can you handle it? If you're enjoying your sin, you're getting to smoke all you want, drink all you want, have all the sex you want. Why you mad with me? Because I decided to be keep myself holy. If you enjoying what you're doing, why you upset? Because I'm doing it. Doing the opposite. Why would you be upset? I, I know what it is. You want to sin in peace. Ain't no such thing. You ain't going to never have peace in sin. See, they was, leave me alone and let me sin. I ain't bothering you. That's the Holy Ghost convicting you because you know you need to fix it. I'm not bothering you. I'm just busy being with Jesus. But you don't have to stay over there. You can come over here with me if you want. It's good over here. It's peace over here. It's healing over here. It's deliverance over here. It's wisdom over here. It's provision over here. It's freshness over here. It's newness over here. Boy, it's good over here. That's it. I mean, you can't beat that. But listen to this. He said, know that it hated me before it hated you. And if you were of the world, the world would love his own. And if you're in Christ and the world's still loving you like their own, you need to do some checking up. What do you mean? If people can be comfortable around you in their mess, we might need to check up on some things. You know, I got some friends, when I come around, they start changing stuff. People that know how how I am about things, they don't say stuff around me. You know, my nephews say, you know, they call me Uncle Fat. That's my nickname. They say, if you talk to Uncle Fat long enough, he's going to find a way to get Jesus in the conversation. But that's all I know, because he good. What's something good to you, you talk about it. Amen? I make Jesus sound good to an accountant. For real. It don't matter who you are. What, what what walk of life you come from? I can make Jesus sound good to you. You let me talk to you long enough. Yeah. Amen? Amen. He says in verse nineteen, "If you were of the world, the world will love his own. But but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you, you're chosen. You're chosen. He chose you. Think about that for a minute. Jesus chose you when he died on that cross. He chose you when he was resurrected from the dead and ascended to the father he chose you mm-hmm. yeah. and it wasn't because you was the last one left mm-hmm. you ever play pickup ball coming up mm-hmm. and you get chosen last <laughs> you too Nobody wants to be chosen last. How do they treat you when you're chosen? Oh, I got to have it. <laughs> but see, Jesus didn't do me like that. When he saw me, he said, I'll take him. Let me go to the cross. I'll take him. Let me get up. I'll take him. You're chosen. Hallelujah. Amen. You're chosen. And so he said, he chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hated you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But if they kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you. Watch this. For my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. That's why they do it. So don't even spend your prayer time. Asking God, why they treat me like this? God, why they persecuting me? They don't know him. Go back to the scripture. Don't even take this in your prayer closet no more. You go talking to God, that He going to tell you, I told, my boy told you. They don't know me. Jesus said, if they reject you, they're rejecting me. Quit taking it personal. I used to do that. Quit it, quit it. To, that's the way I used to be, I used to be like how you going to reject Jesus and I just told it this good to you yeah. <laughs> then you just hear me explain this how you going to reject Jesus right. then you get spiritual how you going to reject my Jesus Right. <laughs> like I got sole possession of it <laughs> but they rejected him while he was on the earth yeah. listen there are going to be some people That do not believe. Don't let that discourage you from remaining in the gospel and remaining a soul winner for him. Because there are some people out there that do want to hear him that are looking for an opportunity. Don't believe that lie that no one wants to hear about Jesus because a few knuckleheads reject him. Pray for them. Their minds are blinded. They don't know him. That's That's why they reject you. Amen? But yeah. well, did you get help tonight? Yeah. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah.